Friends, will you hear my confession? About a year ago, I broke two commandments of social media. These commandments include things like, thou shall always post pictures of animals and babies, especially cats and baby animals. Thou shalt not correct thy friend's grammar. I am not naming names, but you know who you are. The two that I broke, thou shalt not read the comments section on public posts. And like unto it, thou shalt not comment or reply in the comments section. In 2021, when the shootings happened in the massage parlors in Atlanta, I was reading about it on NPR's website. It had just happened, and there was very little news, and my wayward eye found its way into the comments section. And the Holy Spirit said, no! <laughs> but stomping into the shadowed valley, I went. It had only happened a few hours earlier, and news was thin. There were people who had died, the parlors were largely run by Asians, and the shooter was still on the loose. But in the comments, there was already speculation about the victims. The nicer phrase, sex workers, came minutes after the story posted. I didn't know then that these women were immigrants from Korea, but I had a suspicion that they looked like my mom, who is from Korea, and spoke English with a similar accent. I knew they were probably immigrants trying to live the American dream like so many before them. And I did not have room in my pandemic-rattled, traumatized heart for the gross, racist assumptions that people made while these women's families still had not yet learned that they had died. So donning my electronic cape of righteousness, perhaps you have one too, I dove into those comments sections. It started innocuously. Joe F., you say they were sex workers, but I did not see that in the article. Have I missed something? Cindy P., where did you see that they were sex workers? But you know, social media. JM, are you assuming their profession because they are Asian? Hot Date 19, you seem to know a lot about what these women did. Are you a patron? <laughs> One of my better moments. Uh, for all my sanctimonious anger, you can probably guess that these comments weren't met with deep introspection and conversion. Joe F. didn't reply that it was unfair for him to make that assumption, and J.M. didn't suddenly have a revelation that his assumptions were born of racism. In the meantime, my blood boiled. I didn't feel better for defending these women with my clever and cutting wit. Eventually, I disengaged because there is no winning in the comments section. Thou shalt not read the comments, and like unto it, thou shalt not comment. In a world that felt divided even, and even hostile before the pandemic, a year in, my flexibility was lost and my empathy for alternative viewpoints was packed away. I sat, watching, crying for women I could have known. And while born of confident righteousness, my cleverness was probably debatable. We are in the Easter season, and 2,000 years later, we have had a lot of time to get our heads around the resurrection story. 
In fact, many of us learn this story before we can remember, and it has taken time to untangle, untangle Easter from baskets, bunnies, and white gloves. Honestly, I don't even really want to untangle those things. I have so many great memories of pink piping and lace gloves. But for the disciples that first time, they didn't go running to Kohl's or Amazon for a pastel floral tie. For them, this was a moment of grief, sorrow, and trauma. They have been breathlessly following their amazing teacher who preached the unimaginable to the hopeless, who offered a new vision for the kingdom. I'm sure it was puzzling and scary and amazing and exhilarating. And then the incomprehensible crucifixion. After the day of rest, the Marys go to care for Jesus' body, and it is missing, and there are angels there who proclaim that he has risen. In the weeks to come, the disciples are surprised over and over again by Jesus. Hurting, disbelieving, wondering, two of the disciples are on their way to Emmaus. Suddenly, a man asks what they're talking about. We know it is Jesus, but they do not. And they never stop to ask where he, come from, where he came from. You know, like they're walking along and they're talking and all of a sudden there's a guy who says, hey, what are you talking about? And neither of them thinks to say, who are you? They skip logically and just answer his question. Are you the only person who doesn't know what happened? What happened, he asks. They walk and talk. They tell him about their friend and rabbi and how he was killed brutally, shamefully, like a criminal by people who knew him and had seen what he'd done, about how his body was missing, but in such a way that Jesus knows yet, by, by saying that his body was missing and that he had risen, but in such a way that Jesus knows that they did not yet believe. The stranger reminds them of the prophets and the prophecies and how their teacher said these things would come to be and that they had, in fact, come. But still, still, they don't know that it is Jesus. They aren't ready yet. When they get to Emmaus, Jesus seems to be going on, but they beg him to stay. It is late in the day, and they invite him to eat and rest together in their home. Some friends came over to our house to share dinner this week. They brought pots and bags and bowls, and we unpacked and heated and plated together. My kitchen's not really made for this. It's narrow and long. And navigating together was this functional, unnamed choreography where one person would tuck in and the other person would pass by. And it was intimate and fun and sweet. I wonder, was this how it was for Jesus and his friends in that house in Emmaus? Did they do some first century version of digging through the fridge together? Did our Messiah chop onions because they didn't make him cry as much? Finally, they sit down to eat. Jesus blesses and breaks the bread, and suddenly, suddenly they know who he is, and he vanishes. Their traumatized bodies didn't allow them to see what was so plain, to ask questions and think about what happened. It made them foolish and slow of heart, as Jesus said. Does this ever happen to you? Trauma makes you foolish and slow of heart. Early in the pandemic, there was a story about medical personnel on NPR. They interviewed a nurse who talked about how her long commute 
and how about her long commute and how before COVID, she would drive many different ways to get home. But once the pandemic started, no matter how long her preferred route took, no matter how much irritation, no matter how much traffic there was, she always took that one. She couldn't flex, even if it saved her time or frustration. She was too traumatized to think any other way. Do you ever get stuck on the slow, familiar route, even when it isn't the best way? Do you ever insist on arguing with people in the comments section, even when it won't change anything? My smug mind wants my inner Episcopal word lover to use them to change hearts. I want to believe that somehow my, smart, my snark will lead to conversion. But it didn't work that way 2,000 years ago. Remember the disciples asking, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? What changed it all, what opened their eyes and their hearts was Jesus walking with them, listening and breaking bread. Isn't that what we all need? To be seen and heard, to have our pain blessed and held? What if we typed Atlanta Shooter into our browser and nothing popped up because that young man and so many others' brokenness was heard, comforted, and healed? When I looked yesterday, Google supplied Atlanta Shooting Today and Atlanta Shooter 2023 because that's the world we live in now. What if hearing about a shooting at an Asian-owned spa made us think about the poor victims and their families and not what they might have done to deserve it? I want facts and, and rhetoric to break the spell of these divided times. But I suspect that what will really make it happen is kindness. Friendship, empathy, and dinners prepared in tight kitchens where there is not enough room to move around.